Welcome back to another episode of the Revolution Watch podcast.、Uh, I'm your host, Kevin Kiro, joined as always by Stephanie Ip. Steph, how are you? I'm good.、Um. That's it? Okay, all right. And today we have two very esteemed guests.、Uh, Mr. One, Daniel. One. Oh, just, 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 just me. <laughs> is it Long or is it Daniel? Who, who's the esteemed guest in the group? Yeah. All right, so we have Daniel and、uh, Long Long. Uh, Daniel is the, one of the founders of the Shanghai Watch Gang,、uh, a very prominent group of collectors based in Shanghai. Thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to,、uh, to have you. And、uh, Long, <laughs> we, we know you because we just had you on,、uh, on our podcast、uh, before. Yeah, I'm happy to、recently. be back. So、yeah, this、fun. is almost like part two, I guess, of your conversation. You're, you're we, the we, only we repeat guest we've had. Yay!、Hey. Breaking barriers. So, so far, still <laughs> the only one. Yeah. All right, well,、uh, so we brought you in.、Uh, Daniel, you're about to leave、uh, Hong Kong and、yep. going back to your, to, to your place、uh, where, where you normally live. Shanghai. Shanghai. I'm in Shanghai.、Uh, so, yeah, well, we're actually lucky to have you.、Um, just qu- quickly before you know, we get into the questions,、uh, how were your、uh, kind of confinement situation here in Hong Kong these past few months?、Uh, I wouldn't really call it confinement. Um, I, I call it confinement in terms that you were not able to like, go、oh, back okay, home、yeah. as soon as you wished. Well,、um, so I came down in,、uh, during Chinese New Year, so that was back in January. And my original plan was to stay here for two weeks.、Um, and during those two weeks is when everything blew up. And first in China, so I didn't really want to go back. And I was actually looking to go to Europe. Oh, okay.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then. In the process of having my、uh, passport and everything sent over, Europe then blew up. So、oh. mm. I would thought that Hong Kong was the best place to stay.、Um, and now we're on what, six months on, and I'm, well, going to be leaving soon. So、uh, it's going to be July.、Um, Hong Kong's treated me really well.、Um, I've met a lot of collectors,、uh, made a lot of new friends,、um, just. I think make, and make the most of it.、Uh, Launched the waiting list podcast、mm-hmm. yep. um, with a bunch of collectors here、um, and worked on a few other business projects here as well. So I've made the most of the time. Yeah. But I will miss the people here. Yeah. Did, yeah. did, did you not, notice? Not everybody, but, <laughs> but some. While looking yeah, alone. Some. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you notice that the, the, the collector base here was different、uh, than you expected? It's definitely different.、Okay. Yeah. Hong Kong is so small. So it seems that somebody does know somebody very, very quickly. The network is quite、oh, yeah. small. Yeah, that's for sure. I, therefore, I think, personally, I think the wealth circles are quite small. And because you have more established wealth,、uh, more generational wealth,、mm-hmm. there's more class、uh, systems. And therefore, I do think it's a little bitchier, to be honest,、okay. than what you would find in.、Um, China. Because in China, you have some new wealth. Generally, most of it's new wealth.、Um, you haven't had all that time to filter out all this the way it is in Hong Kong. So I think、uh, maintaining the relationships here、mm-hmm. in the upper echelons is a, a bit tougher. Right. Yeah. yeah. Than in Shanghai.、Mm. I see. Yeah. Is this the longest you've stayed in Hong Kong? It is、uh, actually. Now you、yeah. ask, it is.、Um, Yeah, before I, my parents are from Hong Kong. So、mm-hmm. I used to come back at least once a year. Sometimes it'd be three times a year. Right.、Um, but it was always for holiday. 
and it's all they really only to uh, let me keep in touch with Chinese culture. Mm -hmm. But then when I decided to come back to Asia, I totally skipped Hong Kong and I went straight to Shanghai. So I've never spent a considerable amount of time here, mm. but I do know it quite well. And obviously okay. I speak Cantonese as well, so yeah, yeah so it's it helps. quite good. Long, we haven't heard from you yet. Yeah, do, 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 just, you want, do you yeah. want to share the story of how you guys first met? We always tell people Tinder. Yeah. Because that is, is the it? truth. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It um, I actually messaged Dan, I think around August last year. I was going to Shanghai um, for, I think, a short break for my birthday. And then, I mean, the circle's small, right? So I knew Shoyo, I knew Andy Zhang. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, um, so Andy, I was supposed to meet Andy, actually. But then Andy hurt his leg. So he was just, like, at home, lying in bed. Oh, but I he was like, you got to meet Dan, you're going to meet Calvin. So then we st that was the first time we met. Um, I've she stalked me. Yeah, I did. Mm. So you know how people like, leave comments guy, on right? your page, you know, like responding to your DMs. stories, yeah. little emojis here yeah. and there. I was like, hmm. Dude, people are actually going to believe this. <laughs> 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 well, not really. She messaged me and I thought, who's this? You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, I thought a hot chick. Why not? Yeah. But then she even brought her like good matey over. Oh, Double yeah. hot chick. I forgot about and that. And I was like, damn. Yeah, I made his day because I went with my yeah. friend. And then, yeah, my friend's hot. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I made his day. <laughs> and now what? he's stalking my friend. <laughs> oh, is he? Okay. <laughs> but then it's yeah. funny because it, it's pretty much how we we met as well. Because yeah. we are the Philips option. And I then remember. We, we saw her from like across the room and then you messaged yeah, me on like I was Instagram. like, this person, like during auction, it's just crazy on Instagram. Like clearly he's not here watching. And I was like, oh wait, never mind. He's working. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that at first. Yeah, usually when I'm in the auction room, yeah, I'm here to work. Well, yeah. I messaged you through Instagram, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and set me up. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like nowadays it's kind of like an easy way to have like a first uh, interaction with someone. Yeah, and great. then if you see yeah. how they react to your message, they just like tell you to fuck off immediately. Like, okay, I, yeah. I don't need to spend time meeting them. In yeah. Person. It's very powerful. Um, I think it's different for Long because she's a, she is a girl and she has to be a bit more careful of who she meets. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's like, yeah, generally, I, I actually no no. I still have to be careful. You get some weirdos out there, man. <laughs> What's like oh, you, yeah. you you were gonna say? What was the yeah, weirdest yeah. direct message you've gotten? Dude, tell them about the girl. <laughs> Which girl? In uh, China, when you first started, uh, when you first met this girl, that oh, <laughs> come man. on, it's so okay. funny. <laughs> well, uh, now you have to tell so, it. Tell the listeners so about the yeah, risk, guys. Up, yeah. face. So basically, like. Um, I also have like social media profile in uh, China and there was this uh, person that um, messaged me. It was this girl, right? And obviously, you know, you go through the profile and you check uh, the photos and you, th you know, you do have a conversation and you think, okay, she is actually interested in watches, right? And, you know, as Lung Lung will know, she's an avid user of Facechain you know, she doesn't okay. look anything like what she does like in the photos. You know, this girl, you know, Chinese girls use Facetune like way more, like all these apps mm -hmm. to modify the way they look. Mm -hmm. So I went into this um, coffee place. Actually, it was uh, Baker and Spice. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said she had arrived. So I, I went in. I couldn't see her. <laughs> right? I didn't know where she was, right? Okay. So I literally in the middle of the coffee place thinking uh okay where is she and then she messaged i messaged her and she said i'm in this corner right and like right corner i don't know and i looked over that corner 
still couldn't see her. <laughs> <laughs> and then she uh, she stood up. Right. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> it was literally fuck. Yeah. It was literally, damn, I've got to spend at least two hours with this. Not, I mean, like with Sorry. this girl, right? Sorry, it's okay. And uh, yeah, it was just really, really tough, you know, because I realized she t wasn't wholly into watches. I think she was more into me, to be honest. Mm -hmm. mm. And, you know, that's not always fun. You know, when you have to deal with that. So I left in a hurry and uh, I was like, I'm never doing that again. What was your never excuse? Diarrhea. <laughs> well, by the way, yeah. If Lung ever says she's got a bad stomach ache with diarrhea, it actually means she doesn't, she doesn't want, want me. Okay, yeah. But she's so <laughs> shameless that she can say that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And now that you put it on the air, yeah, they yeah. Are. everyone's going to shame it now. Yeah. 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 She needs a new excuse now. Yeah. So yeah, that was like one thing that happened to me. Okay. Um, never again. Mm. All right. What about so. you, Long? Mm, uh, what about me? Like bad experiences? Yeah, yeah. You've had loads. You've had loads. Yeah, I think, but generally along the line, it's the same thing. You talk to someone, you think they're into watches, so you're like super excited. Well, for me, I, I go through the Instagram and I think, is there a watch in there that I haven't seen? That, that's my motive of actually meeting someone on a very right. selfish level, right? And then before you meet, you usually talk about what watch are you bringing? So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll definitely say, please bring this watch, right? Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I get there and um, it doesn't seem to be about watches, like whatsoever. And then, um, and then there's a lot of talk about like showing off their cars and then showing off um, just wealth. Right. How and long do you reckon it takes like, before you realize it's not about watches? I think 10 to 20 minutes because generally minutes. you can tell when someone's really nerdy, right? Like super yeah. into watches. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then if they don't even say, hey, what are you wearing? You're already like, why am I yeah, even here? I think here? 10, 20 minutes is long, man. I reckon like within a minute. Well, you spent because two hours. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to be rude. Were you stuffing yeah, your face? I don't want to be rude. I was drinking a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm taking another one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think we're gonna go back to maybe the beginning of the Shanghai Watch Gang, okay. uh, because we have you. So um, <coughs> I, I think it was probably two years ago or something. Uh, Waco, our founder, did an interview of you That's guys right, yeah. and published a story in the magazine. Yeah. Um, in the way he presents how you guys came about, hmm. it's a very uh, uh, kind of mafia story. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, would say. it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, okay. If, if I'm just gonna recap the, and tell me if I'm wrong along the way, you you with uh, Horror Loop and um, Calvin. Was it Calvinator, uh, you guys met up because um, there was someone who was scamming the three of you. Yeah. And so you decided that you were gonna get back to this guy, and so you corner him into an apartment, hire some people to kind of starve <laughs> him out. <laughs> Well, that was actually, this is how the story is actually. This is actually, this story. Is actually that's what, towards the, when we actually met up, right? It was already towards the end of the uh, saga. Okay, all right. So we were actually having a laugh about it. Let's but see. generally, what happened was um, I actually knew Kelvin uh, personally. I had mm -hmm. like we go right back. I had heard about Austin through this uh, scammer. Uh, I think for listeners' sake, we'll call him Bob. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this Bob, yeah, was scanning Her people. Bob's listening to this. <laughs> like, left, right, and center. Obviously, we didn't know. And his story was he was a professional racer, and um, he made 
he made his wealth through bicycles. Okay. So he made bicycles and sold them into North America. So he had three factories all uh, dotted around uh, China. And he was self-financing his uh, race dream. And he was actually a racer. He had a car. Uh, that's how he met Austin. Mm. So he was kind of taking uh, Austin's GTR on the track. Oh, I see. And that's how they met. And then he obviously knew I was into watches and he knew Austin was into watches. It was so strange. We never actually met. He never actually facilitated a meet, mm. right? Mm. So he would tell Austin that, like, I hated his watch. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he would tell me that Austin never had time. So obviously after a few times, you stop asking. Mm. But I always knew about this Austin dude. And um, eventually it was pretty much like a Ponzi scheme that he was like running I and it, it came to like basically unravel and as it was unraveling the people that uh, kind of knew of each other actually found how to f link with each other mm -hmm. mm. and that's when it just went even worse okay. and then for, the, for, for Bob, right? Yeah, for Bob yeah. right? so obviously he then owed a lot of people a lot of money and so we I won't say who but we yeah we surrounded his house with people and uh, confiscated his passport okay. and until he paid up and then when he did he uh, left he fled the country oh, okay um, and then we decided to meet up afterwards and have a laugh about it and that's when we realized we all liked watches okay mm. yeah so that's how it started it's a very unconventional story but Bob was an unbelievably like uh, talented scammer Okay, well, yeah. there's, there's not the type of people you want to be is, around. Is Bob, because um, um, you said he was a drive uh, racer, right? Yeah. Is he like petite and skinny or is he like fat and big? No, he's not fat and big. He's uh, petite and skinny. Okay. Um, he's actually from Taiwan. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you're from, right? <laughs> <laughs> I so knew that was coming. <laughs> Uh, he was Taiwanese Canadian, so you don't yeah. expect to be scammed by a Taiwanese Canadian <laughs> right. in China, right? right. You expect yeah, to be yeah. maybe scammed by the locals, right? Yeah. So your your guard is down. Um, he was actually wearing uh, fake watches. Right? Oh no! So wow. he Did had an AP Schumacher, right? Mm. Yeah. The thing was, right, when he brought it out, he never let it off his wrist, and we were For like, you to check, right? Yeah, no, yeah. but his excuse was like, oh, I don't really like taking it off in public. So I was like, okay, fair enough. You know, mm -hmm. some people are like that. Mm -hmm. So I never saw it. But then one time I saw it, I did do a check and the date window is not set in the right place because oh. the movement's not the same, yeah? So I saw yeah. it on the edge. Um, but you know, I actually thought he was a collector. So I thought he'd bought a dud. So I was like, you've bought, I think your watch is not real, yeah? Mm -hmm. And then he was like, oh my God, all this kind of stuff. He obviously uh, knew yeah. it wasn't yeah, real, yeah. but you know, mm -hmm. just playing it up, yeah. yeah. I see. And then um, when did you guys decide to form Shanghai Watch Gang? Well, that was the, when the three of us were there. We were like, let's do this, mm -hmm. right? Let's, well, we were having a dry steak and whiskey because down at Kelvin's like a uh, private club. Yeah. So it's very, very quiet, right. very, very discreet down in Xintendi, okay. right? So central yeah. Shanghai. And uh, we had such a great time. That, let's, uh, let's, just, let's do this again. We didn't actually say, let's... Let's form a Grow group it. of collectors. Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. mm -hmm. So this is kind of like the magic of doing something like this. You know, you don't go out to do it, right? Mm -hmm. It just happened. And then um, very quickly, uh, a Zangerator, so Andy. Yeah, yeah Andy. Yeah, he uh, came to Shanghai for holiday. 
mm-hmm. and then uh, Austin brought him along and there was like four and then it just kept on growing kept on growing mm-hmm. and kept on growing and more people came down and realized there was a real niche for this because um, there was an issue well brand events generally aren't much fun right that was number one and two the way uh, there is this discreetness because of the mm-hmm. anti-corruption campaign in, in China, mm-hmm. there was still a real need for collectors to, to so flex outlet, either their watches yeah, yeah. or flex their knowledge mm-hmm. in a crowd that they knew was safe. Right. Right. And because you're vouched by somebody that's coming in, mm-hmm. everybody for them felt more comfortable bringing their pieces in a discreet place. Mm, okay. Right. So um, that was the power of it because people don't generally advertise this or, or pub publicly show their wealth in social media on China because they don't want to make themselves a target. Right. right. So this is this that's how it kind of came across. Okay. okay. Let's see. So from a sort of like a watch like a safe place for a watch gathering, you guys yeah. then went on to uh, organize the Shanghai Watch Festival. That's right. Yeah. So as the database grew mm-hmm. more and more and then okay, so I then started to post on Instagram some of these watches that were coming up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, very quickly, the brand started to contact me. And okay. I was like really shocked, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, and then it became quickly apparent that we were kind of the only outlet where the Swiss HQs could actually talk to the Chinese consumer, right, mm-hmm. directly, mm-hmm. Um, without going through the layers, mm-hmm. right? Right, because we can speak English, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was that, that's probably the main thing. Yeah, I was yeah. Europe. I'm European, you know. Calvin, you know, he's from Australia. Yeah, uh, Austin went to international school, um, so we had this, yeah, this talent, and obviously uh, Andy and Austin, their accounts were quite big, mm-hmm. so they helped uh, promote us as well. Yeah, the whole group, and when the brand started to come in, they all wanted to do like events. As, yeah. as you know, you're in that kind of space yourself, right? It's yeah. all about mm-hmm. database. What they yep. want to do is mm-hmm. they want to sell directly to the database, get the details, eventually sell to you, come to bring you in the, down to an event, right? Mm-hmm. But the whole part of success of Shanghai Watch Gang was that it wasn't like that, right? So it wasn't like single events mm-hmm. because, you know, you go down to an event. I've said this many times. You go down to an event, you get sat next to some guy or girl that you don't know, Right. I mean, if you're sat next to Lung, you're absolutely fucked. You know, you're just going to be eating your food quietly, listening to this dry conversation. She might right? be eating your food as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Grabbing yeah. your food from yeah, your Yeah, exactly. Thanks, guys. <laughs> actually, all you guys who ever actually eat with Lung, yeah, don't even try and uh, take any of her food. Have that you seen that episode right. in Friends with Joey? Yes. Where it goes like, <laughs> Joey doesn't share. Yeah. Yeah. She gets really. Yeah, that's it. It's done. She'll be gone in five minutes. I yeah. gotta turn off, like, log out I'm of my Instagram. Sorry, but you know, the back going back to the brand events. So the brand events generally done in the week, right? Where everybody's working. Mm-hmm. It's very formal, so you have to show up at like set time. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and then you know you have to like dedicate two to three hours gone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it wasn't really flexible to the collectors, collectors mm-hmm. in. Uh, Shanghai, right? Right. And then uh, we did it on the weekend after lunch. You didn't have to stay for food. You could come late. You could come, you know, leave mm-hmm. early. No problem. You didn't have to dress up. Right. Right. And you knew who was there. You knew that they were watch collectors. 
part of the attraction of going to the brand events because you want to meet more watch collectors. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, you can see the watches like either on the internet or if you really want to see the watches, you're done in 10, 10 15 minutes max. Mm -hmm. yeah. right? You don't need to sit there for two and a half hours yeah. and then also listen to a PPT. Ah, oh, the PPT is like one of the worst. Right, because <laughs> it has all the information on the online anyway, right? Yeah. 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 Also, and they're just reading the stuff on the screen anyway. Yeah, like, right. You've got a yeah. person like, and then you've got. I don't, have you ever been to those ones where they ask you questions to make sure you listen to it, and then yeah. they give you a prize? Yeah. I mean, it's like going back to school, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Those, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going like going back to school, and then you've got salespeople like, like in between, and you can't move from like. Let's say you're stuck on the left side of the table. You mm -hmm. see the conversations like really banging on the other side of the table. You can't just get up yeah. and leave. I'll see, <laughs> no, you. see you later, mate, because yeah. you're really boring, yeah? And talk yeah. and go over there. So we, that's, that's how, so we didn't want to do that, mm -hmm. right? And then we thought, another thing is, if we do that, all the people in the, in the watch gang will think we're profiteering off them, mm. yeah? Right. yeah? And we were on a good thing here, and I didn't want to just do that and then stop just, the growth, yeah. mm -hmm. right? just see how it far, far it goes because the database game you know it doesn't make that much money right and it's a tried and tested model that clearly doesn't work mm -hmm. right so I didn't want to do that um, I should say we didn't want to do that and then um, but it did make sense to do a Shanghai watch festival where you had all the brands trying to and what our vision is is trying to make it actually a proper B2C event or even a C2C event Mm -hmm. Right, where you have consumers interacting with other consumers, right? Basically trying to update what a trade show should be. Right. What do we need to know from the brand? We don't necessarily need to know all your products, mm -hmm. for example, your all your SKUs, right? But what is it that differentiates Langer from Patek Philippe? Yeah, or Longines? Because a lot of the consumers out there probably don't know, you know, unless you're super well, I wouldn't say super not, but you have some knowledge. Mm -hmm. We're mm -hmm. trying to do something for the watch industry, uh, do something positive. Mm -hmm. And you definitely need to use this group of young trendsetters this way mm -hmm. rather than directly selling to them. They right. know the pieces. I mean, the collectors know the pieces. They know the prices. They mm -hmm. can source around the world. Yeah, do you know how hard it is to sell to them? They, they, they'll, they are so hard. They'll kill you on price. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they won't budge. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter that you, you, you have so many millions, right? It really doesn't matter. And when it comes to money. It's just money. A lot of people even see these watches as almost like a business thing, you know, as an investment. You know, I don't want to lose money. Mm -hmm. Like even the wealthiest collectors I know always have this mentality. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's really hard to directly sell, but you have to use this group in a different way. Okay. I see. Yeah. Um, I mean, fast forward to your time here in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, w how and when did you guys decide to do the waiting list podcast? So I thought obviously I was going to be here for two weeks. So it didn't happen in that two weeks. Yeah. And then I started to meet um, collectors. Uh, obviously, I already knew Lung. Mm. Um, but I didn't know her that well. I'd met her like twice. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and we were still kind of questioning. Well, I was thinking, is he genuine? And he's also thinking, is she genuine? Or was it just one of those, you touch base, okay, see you in Shanghai, and you just mm -hmm. see this person one year later? Yeah, right? I, think, I think you should elaborate on that genuine thing because yeah. I don't think people will realize what necessarily you mean by that and wh why you have to be careful and the due diligence you will have to, we all have to do. 
Yeah, so generally when you... Well, I've honestly just picked this up quite recently, right? I used to think, okay, just go and meet the person, no harm. But then I realized it makes a huge difference before you meet the person to kind of message around and be like, what is this person like? Mm -hmm. Whether it's even worth meeting, because sometimes you just meet people who are just not on the same wavelength as you, right? And it just... And a waste of time. Yeah, a waste of time, right? Um, when I met Dan, I well, I felt like we connected like instantly. But then I'm also thinking, I okay, is it fair to say we're both quite smooth in the sense that the, the other person probably wouldn't know if we found them like fucking annoying. Yeah. So we'll always leave, and people will be like, "Oh, they had a good time," but maybe we're like, "No, that right. was fucking bad," right? <laughs> um, so um, wait, back to my point. Uh, yeah, we were trying to yeah. suss each other out. Suss each other right. out, right. Um, she asked some pretty digging Dark, questions, yeah. right? Yeah. That was pretty much designed to... Read him. Yeah, test yeah. me. And I came through the test. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and <laughs> then, much, Yeah, right? so we hung out, like, nearly every day. Like, yeah, yeah so we just hung out, uh, hung out all the time. And then... Um, then we were meeting more. Oh, but then then it links to Chester. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. So um, I knew like halfway through February that I was going to be staying in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. right? So I remember I was in one of these salad bars in uh, Central, right? And it was raining and I was just sitting looking outside the rain. I'm like, what am I going to do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like bored already. So I just messaged out there in my story who's... I didn't say who's free. I said something like that. Who's, who's in Hong Kong? Who's in who's Hong around. Kong? Because they want to say who's free because I didn't yeah. want to barrage, yeah? Yeah. So I, who's in Hong Kong, right? And uh, two people messaged. And one of those was the Sign and Watch guy mm-hmm. who's uh, our mutual friend, Chester. And uh, yeah, so I was hanging out with Lung. I remember it was Valentine's Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was Valentine's Day. And I was like thinking, damn, you know, if he's really weird... Yeah, if I have dinner with him, <laughs> yeah, that means I've got to sit myself for two, two hours, three hours potentially, yeah. right? I don't want to leave. If you can get a yeah. table as well. I, I didn't want to go myself either, yeah. So when I was having dinner with Lung, I was like, yeah, i got to meet somebody. Do you want to come? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of put her on the spot. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the more the merrier. Also, it, it feels like the, the situation is less like formal when you have more than two people. Yeah, you can diffuse the situation. We can just like throw yeah. a question to like someone just like, yeah. you know, yeah. can I escape something? So but you can you definitely think? escape easier because some guy can say that the person that didn't set the meet up, right, can oh, say, yeah, yeah. I've got to go, by the yeah. way. Do you yeah. want to come? Yeah. And then that person can go uh, because they don't have that relationship with that person. It's not that, yeah. it's not that yeah. bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Chester replied, then we meet, met Chester for cigars and I still remember, you know, I didn't know what this guy was like. She did, definitely didn't yeah. know. She was going because of me. Yeah. Mm. And as soon as we walked into the cigar place, he was wearing this uh, fish market. Uh, <laughs> oh, yes. I Japanese do remember fish market yeah, yes. jacket, Sorry. right? Yeah. From the Suzuki uh, yeah. Japanese fish market, right? right? And I was like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And I could see, I could feel Lung's eyes burning through my back, right? <laughs> you what did you do? What did you bring me? Yeah. What is this? And um, he was wearing a code 1159. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which was like, <laughs> hmm, yeah. But, you know, I respect all collectors. Just, you know, I don't really care what you collect, mm-hmm. you know, as long as you have passion in it, right? So we quickly established a connection with uh, Chester. Yeah. Um, 
spoke a lot um, and I realized, you know, he's, he has, yeah, he's actually really into watches, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we started, he had a lot of free time too. Yeah. yeah. So all of us had a lot of free time. And then I also knew Alex. Yep. Mm -hmm. And we then were sitting in, we're getting kicked out from place to place. We're in the four Can you seasons, explain right? that? Because the places are closing. Oh, okay. It's not because <laughs> no, you guys are being rowdy or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. We were You're just staying very late until... <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're staying so late because we don't have any friends. <laughs> we just have each other. And we were in the four seasons in the lobby. Yeah. That's where we ended up, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we were just chatting about watches, mm. right? Just chatting about watches. And we were thinking, you know, I wonder if people would actually like listening to this. There isn't a platform that actually... Uh, where it's mainly collector-based, mm -hmm. it's mainly just um, media-based, mm -hmm. and there are some truths that come from collectors yeah. that perhaps if people were a fly on the wall, would they like this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're like, okay, let's let's do it, and then um, yeah, that's what that's how it came by. Okay, yeah, yeah it's good. That's and good. we were talking about the waiting list. Yeah, yeah, we, that's the topic we were talking about. We were right. talking about whether it exists or not. Right, so we were debating amongst the four of us. You mm. know, oh, I don't think it exists. I think it's bullshit. You know, some people say, "Well, I think there is kind of like a waiting list." That's why it's called the Waiting List Podcast. Okay. Yeah. Was there a reason why you guys chose podcast as a medium, as opposed to say like, like YouTube, YouTube or anything else? Well, look at Dan's face. That's coming later, <laughs> I'm sure. Because I mean, like, I, I do you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> no? What do you mean by that? No, nothing. Yeah. Because podcast is also sort of a, it's, it's not a medium that's very popular yet in Hong Kong. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how popular it is in China or if it even exists yet. It exists in China, yeah. Yeah. But it's not a popular medium. But yeah, yeah. so it's mainly like in, in the States or in Europe that people listen to podcasts. Well, I think with podcasts is, uh, I think you can go a lot deeper mm -hmm. into topics. If you look at YouTube, if you look at articles now, so uh, as a collector... I look at a lot of articles, right? But now there's so much content out there. Mm -hmm. I really have to pick all the stuff. And I'm not really interested in every single watch, right? So you've got your Instagram with your fast media. You've got your in-depth with the blogs. You've got your YouTube if you want to see the movement. Mm -hmm. the YouTube videos are going down to 10, 15 minutes max now, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. There's only so much you can really go into depth-wise. And I think the collectors and consumers their time is very limited, yeah. right? With YouTube, you have to actually, because you're watching it, designate that time, 15 minutes. We're all looking at how long it is. If it's mm -hmm. like an hour, you're never going to watch it, mm -hmm. right? But with podcasts, you can actually be doing something and have it in the background and pick up a few things, mm -hmm. right? And actually go deeper in that topic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's why we thought, yeah, that's it. And also, you know, doing video requires more production. I just thought, we don't know if this idea is going to work. You know, mm -hmm. let's just try yeah. what we can, and and the feedback's been really good, yeah. like yeah. really, really good. Yeah, yeah. Now the main issue with videos also that I found is is the stiffness that people immediately display as soon as a camera is pointed yeah. at them. Hundred percent. Right. I mean, so. even with podcasts, you see it; they get nervous. People who are usually very confident, right. you pass them the mic, and they're like, "Oh, can we see the questions first? And it's like, "No, this yeah. is supposed to just be yeah. like you're, like there's a fly on the wall, and they're right. just listening in." Yeah. But once yeah. you start a conversation, like it's easier for them to get into a more like casual feeling yeah. where they would actually give you better answers than if they want video. Yeah, because on the video, true. everything is very corporate, yeah. and also like filling up. Uh, I guess like illustration images in a video that's like 20 minutes long is really hard because you need to find like the right yeah because you can only do like a certain shot for maybe like two to three seconds 
uh, uh, on screen. Yeah. And you can't repeat that same image yeah. too often in the same video. So that's very like video production is hard. I know. It is hard. Yeah. And then the collectors as well, they all like to be discreet. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't necessarily want to show their face. That's right. yeah. mm -hmm. But they. <laughs> what we found is people love talking about themselves, don't they? Yeah. That is yeah. like one human trait that you're just like, that's been cons consistent. Right? Yeah. yeah. You can yeah. definitely tell. It's not something we thought about, but people like to. Even when they want to be discreet, they still want to flex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? If they want to flex their story, they want to flex how good they are, they want to flex their watch. Mm -hmm. People yeah. like talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. And our job is to try and find the story that is actually interesting. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. anybody can flex. I don't really care now. Yeah. I mean, how many people flex in front of us now? And we just don't care now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We've seen most of the pieces. We've seen amazing, insane collections. We're very fortunate to be in that position. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think it's really important that we also add is, you know, me and Lung are not like the biggest ballers out there. Yeah. Yeah, like totally, really not. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so I definitely underline how fortunate we are to see some of these pieces mm -hmm. that we see. And we, we welcome like all types of collectors. I don't really care. Like right. if you could have like a whole collection of G-Shocks or swatches, yeah, mm -hmm. cool. If it's Filippo Loretti, then probably not. You can go and find Lung. Lung's really into those. She's got about 10, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. I do. Just sitting at home. Um, so who would you say was the most interesting conversation you guys have had Ooh. on the we'll your podcast? Right. Yeah, like different... Well, me and Lung I, have a very similar taste yeah. right. in what we enjoy, right? But you I, go I'm very, I'm very sure about this. Like, Alex is part of the podcast, right? Mm -hmm. For me, if I'm... So how it works is... Um, we, in the group chat, we decide who we're going to interview and whoever wants to interview that person the most will draft the questions, right? right? Um, so with Alex, I had not seen the questions. So Dan drafted the questions. So mm. I went in with an open mind. I've, I only know Alex. I wouldn't say I, I knew Alex that well back then. So when I went in, I was like, okay, just listening to Alex's story. But mm. it's one of the best episodes, I think, in my mind. Like, okay. it's moving. It's, like, gripping, inspirational. And at the end of it, there's no way anyone can listen to that and not think, wow, I want to meet this guy. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy makes me want to work really hard. And I think um, that was the other beauty. Like, as the podcast evolved, mm -hmm. it was not just um, about collectors saying, hey, I picked up this, and I picked up this, and I picked up this. It was just that... Like, well, I have this theory that g generally if you buy watches, you're probably making a few right decisions in life, right? For you to be making some money to buy watches, right? right? Mm -hmm. So as you're listening to these people's story of how they like made it or like how they're progressing in life, you do pick up one or two tips. So when you listen to people like Alex and how they have made money, right? Um, it's just It's just truly amazing. Like I was blown away. Like when I was listening, I was just like, I couldn't even focus and think, okay, what's the next question? I was right. just really into it, yeah. yeah. So we generally have like one person that asks the questions like Lung said, and then mm -hmm. one person that actually responds right there and then, because mm -hmm. obviously the person that wrote the questions know, knows what's coming. Yeah, yeah. The other person on the team doesn't. Yeah. So they're literally responding to what that person is saying there mm -hmm. and then. Yeah. So it might be what the listeners want to actually ask. Mm. Right. Right, so we have that kind of uh, organic, we're trying to keep it as organic as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was your favorite episode? My favorite episode? Um, certainly Alex's one, because it, it also came very early on yeah. in the podcast, right? It's like one. number one. We were like, we were really pumped after that one. We knew it was a good one, mm. right? Um, and like Lung said, we actually did 
go through with some collectors on, oh, what did you get this piece? It didn't work. Like, it was so dry. I don't think people wanted to listen to that. Mm-hmm. And going forward, even on the marketing side, why do we have like KOCs, KOLs, right? I think it's because people actually resonate with the person and then the watch, mm-hmm. not right. the watch and then the person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it, I think there's lots of different types of collectors out there, so many different types of people, what they do, so many different industries. I'm, I'm personally very fascinated in, like, if it's a different industry, I was like, oh, that, how that, that's how that works, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize. So that whole story is um, really, really uh, strong. If there are particular pieces that has a very particular story, then yeah, we're mm-hmm. always willing to listen. Yeah. But if it's just like, I bought this, I bought this, I bought this. I mean, there's not really anything to, mm-hmm. to listen to, yeah. yeah, right? So yeah, Alex, to be honest, there's a few good ones coming up that yeah. uh, personally, Long Long's one Thanks. is uh, <laughs> one that she really went naked and bare unfortunately not literally but (laughs) (laughs) in her story it was really quite I would say a little bit emotional because I I know her quite well now well Mm -hmm. I I like to think I know her quite well so I know how difficult it would be to be that open yeah Yeah. and Mm -hmm. it was and people have people know us from Instagram and as you know Instagram being a fast media platform yeah um, people make quick judgments on you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I think they'll be really surprised to actually hear what she has to say. Okay. And when that when is that coming out? Ask Lung because she's in she's in, she's in charge of when things drop. I'll probably put mine like last. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta build yeah. up the excitement. But it was yeah. a, a two two podcast thing. Right. Yeah. Two part. Two parts. Okay. Two parts. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. There was a lot to talk about. You know. Yeah. We're looking forward cool. to. It. Thanks. Yeah. We'll let you guys know. Yeah. And Al- I want to add, like, Alex's one, we had so many, we didn't announce it. We just, sli- like, silently started uploading stuff, mm-hmm. right? And people started messaging. And they were also messaging Alex directly, saying that they want to meet him. And they were younger oh. kids. So yeah. it actually worked in the sense that we did inspire people, I like to think. Because there is a key point, actually, to take yeah. away that I didn't mention before. Shanghai Watch Gang gave Asian collectors sense of identity mm-hmm. right so what it isn't just based in Shanghai actually you know we have people in Indonesia Australia mm-hmm. Europe uh, Canada the right. US right similar background Chinese right where most of the media out there is from a western point of view mm-hmm. so when you read like Hadinki it's really like a subculture pop culture of America yep. mm-hmm. right it's not Asian mm-hmm. when you Asian collectors meet there's a sense of brotherhood, yeah, or sisterhood as well, mm-hmm. where you can suddenly switch into Chinese and you convey not just what you're trying to say, but a sense of you're from the same family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really strong, mm-hmm. right? And so people started to identify with this and then they really wanted to be part of this, this group. Right. And I think it's the same with the Waiting This Podcast. Right, because it will eventually, our plan is to um, do collectors in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. So there'll be Mandarin-based uh, podcasts, mm-hmm. okay. uh, Cantonese-based podcasts. And we also want to go to Singapore. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Um, I want to say singlish, but it's singlish. I was avoiding that. Yeah. No, I, I can't wait because yeah, I can't right. wait to bring him and let him do the conversation, like him with his British accent. So it's really a platform for uh, Asian uh, right. collectors. So mm. I think that identity is yep. so strong. Yeah. Because then before, um, if you look at the Chinese market, maybe people were considered uh, were considering Asian collectors as just uh, potential buyers and people with money and they were not looking at their emotions or personal sides uh, as much which is what you guys are trying to kind of bring out with the interviews and yeah that kind of fucked me off basically yeah. like yeah well you know like when something annoys you it's a great motivator in life right yeah. mm-hmm. and I, I was just getting annoyed by the fact that you know maybe I was like extra sensitive to it as well it's just you felt that in the luxury space a lot of brands they don't really care about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they don't really, they really don't care. They just want to make money off you, right? yeah. which is fair enough because it's a business. But luxury isn't quite like that as well. And you feel like you're just going in there. You're just a dollar sign. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to feel special, right? You don't feel special, mm. right? You go outside in, in uh, you go to Paris, you go to London. You just feel like another number. And I didn't think there was an appreciation for, uh, Asian collectors, actually, they are a bit deeper than this. Mm-hmm. They have knowledge. They have quirks. They have traits. Uh, they have their own characteristics. Why they buy like this. That whole understanding was not there. Right. Yeah. And even I speak to a lot of the brands now on a high management level. I think it's given us an opportunity to really uh, talk to the brands so that they understand, oh, this is why Chinese behave mm. the way they do. They have right. a better understanding. Mm-hmm. And this is something I'm you know, personally proud of. Yeah. Mm. Do you think this is a Chinese specific thing or do you like Long, do you mm. see this happening in say Singapore or or in Hong Kong? Do you mean with the collectors uh, struggling to voice out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just the, the perception yeah. I guess of collectors I think or generally Asian people aren't very expressive, right? Or they might think a lot of stuff, but we're brought up to not have these very open and honest like um conversations even with our parents, right? Mm. Like there's a lot of mm resentment and like pain and everything that you just don't work through right um and i think what i have seen just based like from the episodes in hong kong you have to basically um set the questions up in a way that kind of like milk the that kind of um the answers and the thoughts out but then it's also about uh communicating to the interviewee what is the vision? Instead of being like, today we're going to interview you, you're going to talk about your watches. They need to understand what we're trying to, what's the end goal for us, mm-hmm. that we want to, as a community, be a voice mm-hmm. that eventually people in Europe and other parts of the world will listen to, right? Mm-hmm. And then what we have seen is, for example, you get one entrepreneur, he does it, and then he feels hyped up, like happy, right? He feels like, wow, I'm contributing to this voice. And then his friend is like, hey, I want to do it too. So instead of us having to chase people now, you see a chain reaction where people feel you. like they're part of a yeah. movement, which mm-hmm. I think is very beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. They actually want to do it. And then when they, uh, like in the beginning, everyone's like uptight, you know, when you first start the um, interview. And then you can see them open up. And then you can see that by the end of it, they're like, wow, that was really fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's my favorite part. Like, I love to see that. You can see that they are slowly coming out of the shell. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> so, in your opinions, both of you, um, which watch brand 
has done a good job in sort of like promoting itself or appealing to yeah to, 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 to Asian collectors, to the, Asian, to buyers, Asian collectors, without treating them as just another dollar sign, like you said. Which brand do you think out there understands the Chinese mentality or the Asian mentality? From the top of my head, I want to say none. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I'm not saying that no change is happening. It just takes so long, and I can see. I mean, we have mutual friends that work in the industry. We know what's happening, and we hear it, and we're like, "That's great, right?" But as of now, I can't think of a single brand like as a Chinese, I will walk in and be like, "Wow, that's amazing." Mm. Yeah. Hmm. I kind of would uh, echo those thoughts. Okay. I think it's already come a long way, but mm -hmm. it isn't exactly where we would want it to be right um certainly i think first of all the independent brands mm -hmm. because they're smaller and you directly engage with higher management straight mm -hmm. away mm -hmm. yeah they're more flexible as well so right. they can adapt to new things so on the second year of shanghai watch festival we had a very clear vision of what we wanted to do to show these watches right uh which was combining um these things with stuff that is Asian, like, you know, Erwick was combined with um, Iron Man. Mm -hmm. um, it was also combined with Gundam, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. this kind of thing, right? Because it has that futuristic kind of look. Yeah. Erwick actually just said, do you know what? When it comes to creative stuff, you just do it. Don't tell us. Just do it. Debbie Thune was the same as well. Right. You know, they would just do it because they saw in the first year how successful we were at communicating their product to the Chinese market, mm -hmm. to the young generation. So like, you obviously know better than us, mm -hmm. just go ahead and do it. Okay. So they were really, really good. MBNF, mm -hmm. Max was, you know, he's really, when it, when it comes to marketing, a bit of a genius, right? Mm -hmm. So he also saw how this was, because he came in the second year. Mm -hmm. I think then, you know, he, he learns very quickly, observes a lot. So again, he had thoughts. So people like in the in independent brands, are more flexible to change. Mm -hmm. um, with the bigger uh, brands from the bigger conglomerates, yeah. there's too many middle management. Mm -hmm. And there's For too sure. many middle management totally. that, to be honest, aren't passionate about watches. Mm. They don't really care, right? Um, it's really hard as a collector then to have respect for right. that brand mm -hmm. yeah because you're talking to people where you know too much so a lot of even the sales process is not sales led right um and they then have to fulfill their kpis mm -hmm. right or what they on the media exposure their sales all of that kind of stuff which makes it really hard to change what you're currently doing mm. right so that's the toughest challenge we face where we have to demonstrate all the time this is the way forward and try and convince brands this is the way forward yeah it'll take a long time because mm. swiss watch industry generally takes a they don't like to change that much yeah they're that very slow they're, they're that yeah, very they're slow very yeah. well, but having said that i think that's where the opportunity is because if you looked at any other industry in china they're so we wouldn't we wouldn't even be talking you know they they're so ahead mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. what they do okay. yeah yeah like fashion it's just so ahead with how they leverage social media i think that's where the opportunity is for us in watches yeah 
I actually met um, the other day. I met this girl. She's Chinese, and she worked at Richmond.、Mm-hmm. And hearing her story, so long story short, she left the watch industry. She's been working there since right after uni. She left to go into property, and I asked her why, and she said the only reason she was doing it was because she, being Chinese, completely understood how Chinese people. Consume and spend money.、Mm-hmm. She went to the middle management, upper management. Nobody was listening to her. And then she said, "I realized because I'm a Chinese girl, so now I got to go prove myself outside, work in a big company,、um, in, in property, right? And then one day go back and say, 'See, I told you.'、Wow. And I was like, 'Whoa, these are the barriers. Like as a Chinese、mm-hmm. working in the in- industry that she's facing. So, and then consumers are not speaking up. So as ha- So I said to her, right? I said, yeah, it's tough. But if nobody does it, like including herself,、mm-hmm. if nobody actually moves forward and make, I don't know, just make some noise, right? We're just never going to progress.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm happy, like Shanghai Watch Gang, like all this stuff is happening because somebody needs to go first.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and my short education in the watch industry, which I have like totally enjoyed, by the way. Sounds like I'm like being really negative, but I'm not. I've really enjoyed. I've loved <laughs>、yeah. meeting people like yourselves.、Mm-hmm. Uh, people in the watch industry. There's some really special people in there. It really is what keeps me trying to push frontiers、mm-hmm. in the watch industry.、Um, I forgot what I was going to say now. Great. Oh yeah, like.、Um, no, I forgot what I was going to say. Just basically, you want to say that it's a long journey, but you just got to make that move first. Yeah, it is a long <laughs> journey. But oh, I remember what I was going to say. Is in the short education, what I've realised is obviously higher management are mostly non-Chinese, yeah. right? Yeah. So they, I didn't really see that changing, right,、mm-hmm. anytime soon.、Mm-hmm. Um, so we ha- the pressure is on us. Yeah, the challenge is on us to demonstrate that, and the best way to demonstrate that is through power, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and power is gained through sales. Mm. Right, so if you can demonstrate sales, yeah, on the, on the mass kind of level,、mm-hmm. then you have why you trend, like you have a right to talk,、mm-hmm. right? So that will be actually probably somewhere that we will look to expand.、Mm-hmm. But、mm-hmm. at the same time, it's once we demonstrate that right, and you have that power, then the brands have to listen. Do、mm-hmm. I mean they have to kind of take notice, right? Yeah. yeah, and hopefully then we can change things for the better.、Right. But it's very unfortunate that it has to be like that. Mm. You know, I wish they would just listen. You know, yeah. yeah. But I have to demonstrate that, which is why a lot of people have probably they've come up to me and said, "You know, why don't you work for a brand?" It's because I don't want to limit myself because I wouldn't be able to express myself if I did、mm-hmm. work for a brand. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So, what are some brands that you love today? Both of you. Yeah, I love AP. I love Alange.、Uh, Dan, what about you? Uh. uh I love Lange.、Yeah. I probably put that really high up.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I've met with most of their higher management. They、mm-hmm. supported us in the first year Shanghai Watch Festival,、mm-hmm. uh, where I wouldn't say no big brand wanted to, but for a brand like that to take a punt on us,、mm-hmm. I'll never forget that.、Mm-hmm. Right? You just cannot forget people that gave you a chance, gave you a break,、mm-hmm. um, and they came for the second year,、um, and personally. The brand itself, what it stands for, really resonates with me.、Mm-hmm. Um, how discreet it is, but the quality is—I、mm-hmm. think we all know—is like yeah. Yeah. It's one of the best, like if、yeah. not the best.、Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't shout about it. Low production numbers. 
um, classic design. I, I just really love Langer. And I've had the fortune to meet Wilhelm. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like how he is as a person. And as a watch collector, collecting watches now, it's the people, I go back to it, it's the people that wear these watches that actually mm. influence me now. Mm-hmm. Not, ah, oh, this watch is really cool, but sometimes mm-hmm. you see this watch is really cool and there's some douchebag is wearing it and kill it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want to buy it anymore, no. right? Yeah. But with Lang, it's always been quite positive. Okay. Yeah. Right. And what are some brands that you used to love but you've fallen out of love with? Uh, I'm going to get that started. No, okay. <laughs> oh, I, I actually used to like Hublot. I had a big bang. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I remember... Um, 2010-ish like a lot of basketball players rappers everyone mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah had one and I was like wow that's it and then they kept coming up with all these like limited editions of, like I even remember they had an art one with uh, yeah art one leopard one they had everything and yeah, I was like wow this is so cool but I don't think uh, I'm a big fan now <laughs> but then did, did, yeah. did you stop liking it because of just the marketing aspect? No, because the more you look at watches, then you realize, oh my God, what am I... Like, you, st- you start to look at the movement, right? You start right. to look at the finishing. I liked it because it was hefty, like the weight. Right. I thought it's nice to have that feeling like, like you're wearing watch. something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it is a big watch. It is somewhat masculine looking. It had a rubber strap, and then it just felt like, well, you could wear this from night to day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then I was in a very different mindset. Like, I was just buying because it looked good with my outfit rather than what is the history. Yes, I never yeah. even went on the site, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. But now I think I'm over the hoopla phase. Yeah. I mean, hoopla to me is, is, is interesting. I had a chance to recently uh, kind of do some research, and Sure, because they make, I guess, a large uh, amount of watches, mm-hmm. and obviously you can't compare certain movements and finishing with other brands, like mm-hmm. a high, a higher brand. But then if you look at the the kind of scientific research that they do on the side, yeah. like just themselves as a company, they do a lot of scientific research that they provide to just external industries, not just related to the watch industry. Yeah. So that part of the brand, that interests me uh, nice. probably the most. Uh, that's something also that Mr. Beaver was uh, heavily, uh, I guess, passionate about. That's cool. And I then know it's that. still something that they, they do, you know, like all this stuff with sapphires, um, the different materials, um, the um, uh, ocean exploration, space yeah. exploration. Yeah. So, they do come yeah. up with cool materials, yeah. I think it's just maybe the final product or. Uh, yeah. Well, it's not I that. Know. It's just yeah. like if you ask people, I mean, even me myself, I do think the, 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 the marketing is very loud. And if you talk to some people inside the brand, they will tell you, yes, Hublot is very much this big like large window of marketing that we have but behind mm-hmm. this is all the stuff that we do and mm-hmm. this is uh this is what people should kind of dig inside and mm. take a look uh, at it so yeah mm. th- unfortunately uh, marketing but that is their identity yeah, yeah. but like any brand if you just like look into it you'll find something cool that you like mm. for me mm, i would actually say ap okay right and um, when I was starting on this journey, AP was like really, really high in mm-hmm. my estimation, right? right. With um, Patek, the Holy Trinity, mm-hmm. and I put Langer in there as well, right? I still love their watches, but the, the way that brand is, it doesn't particularly resonate with me. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I appreciate the craftsmanship and 
um, dealing with people in AP, yeah, mm -hmm. it definitely does talk to me like that. Right. But as the general branding stuff, it doesn't. But I appreciate, you know, they need to do it because they have to differentiate themselves from, let's say, Langer and Patek, mm -hmm. or particular Patek, mm -hmm. right? They mm -hmm. can't really go down that route because they're just fighting Patek. But the way that brand is, it, yeah, it doesn't really talk to me. Mm -hmm. um, mm. But I, you know, I would still like to have my double balance. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. But yeah, because the watches are great. Yeah. Yeah, but it's one thing. I've always been there for the watches. Mm -hmm. And having dealt with, you know, there's so much marketing spiel on the mm. thing. Yeah. I, it does, um, it's not important for me. But the watches, yeah, AP, okay. yeah. Like, it's something I would like to have. Okay. Um, on to collect on to questions about sort of just your collecting habits and stuff. Mm. Um, how did you fall into the rabbit hole? Do you remember I, how I still it don't think I'm that bad, honestly. You're pretty I bad. I feel like I'm quite disciplined. I don't think you are. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then you, ne you never really think about it until someone points it out to you and you're like, wait, I am pretty bad. Well, it depends. I, so what was yeah. the most recent watch you bought, for example? Longomatic. So that, not that's that already Phillips not auction. this year. That was from, yeah, Langematic was uh, last year. Okay. Yeah. No, so, so it's like, you're not someone who buys like every two months or Because I feel like month. when I compare myself to people who buy all the new releases, who chase the auctions, who are also actively hunting for those like limited Old, vintage uh, pieces, see, I'm yeah. like, I'm not that bad. Okay. Yeah. And then no. I'm always, but I know I have... Um, I know that I'm obviously into it because I start to budget things for watches. So oh, you start okay. to say, okay, I'm right. going to save on clothes for watches. Then I'm like, okay, maybe I do like watches a bit. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of got into watches when I um, started to make a bit of money and um, started to fall into all the luxury trappings like cars, mm. spoke menswear, holiday, you know, all that mm. kind of lifestyle. Was there Eventually. anyone before in your family who was no. interested? No, so it was you, no, you, you were the no, first No, yeah, one. totally nobody. Okay. Um, but there was a Swedish dentist, like, back colleague of mine that, he, you know, he bought a few watches and then I thought he always dressed quite cool okay. and I really liked his, his sense. So he, one day, you know, he just brought this watch over and we were having dinner and he was telling me about it and I knew, like, fuck all what he was talking about. Right. Yeah, I didn't know what he was talking about. Yeah. And... Um, I thought, you know, I need to educate myself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to read about watches and then, yeah, I was screwed. Screwed from that <laughs> moment, yeah. Totally yeah. screwed. I know the feeling. We're in there. Yeah, it's such a fascinating topic, right? Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, I had an appreciation for shoes, menswear, but watches is a totally different level. Yeah. Mm. And I just thought, yeah, it's amazing. Does Longyear come fairly soon uh, when you start uh, learning about watches or is that something? No, it came very late. Okay. So um, you read about certain brands, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think, let's say Vacheron. We all appreciate our oh, Vacheron Holy Trinity make great watches, right? But I don't think there's a really full deep, deep appreciation of what they actually do, mm -hmm. right? You just yeah. see it mentioned here and so you accept that, oh, because these people say it's good, it must be good. Mm -hmm. but you don't actually spend any time looking at it pot potentially, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Lange was like that for me. So... Um, you see it on the blogs, Lange's like, should be in the Holy Trinity, all mm -hmm. this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah. never actually spent time looking in the yeah. brand. Mm. Um, and it was only uh, when 
they came in for the Shanghai Watch Festival that I thought, okay, I'm going to buy one. Yeah. Okay. So I love to uh, signify certain points in my life with watches. Mm-hmm. And that was a milestone. So I thought, okay, I'm going to buy one. Mm-hmm. And then I started to read into it and I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. It is like amazing. And also one of the pluses with Langer is the movement finishing. Yeah, right? for sure. It's, you don't understand what movement finishing is at the start of your journey. Mm. Yeah. You don't even know what you're looking at, mm-hmm. right? Just this person says it's cool, and you're like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. But you don't know what you're saying, talking about. Yeah, let's be honest. Um, but then, not only through you get that education, and you have an appreciation of Angelage, you know, CNC, Cote de Genève, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then like pushes and all, all this kind of stuff. It's a accumulation of little mm-hmm. small steps. Yeah. And you have an appreciation of what yeah. Langer is, which is, to be honest, their charm. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I, by the way, I don't take any money off Langer like, no. for marketing. But what <laughs> no, I'm but saying... No, sorry, like, this like, Logan, you have to find it yourself. You have yeah. to find it yourself. Yeah, you have to find it yourself. And that's why it's a connoisseur's watch. Yeah, mm. it's Because not people who buy this, Langer, they're not that bothered about the brand name. Yeah. What they actually search for is quality. Yeah. And for like a good price, right? And for what you get, it is good value, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So that's what the charm is. Okay. Uh, do you remember your first watch that you bought for yourself? Yeah, I still wear it sometimes, J12. Yeah. It's not bad. <laughs> 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 it's not bad. Yeah. When did you get yours? Uh, right after uni. Um, okay. First job. Um, I always wanted it, but when I was in uni, the black ceramic and the white ceramic were the most popular. Mm-hmm. But then when I left uni, it was when they launched the chrome one. Right. So it was titanium, and then cr- and then they coated it and everything. So light, scratch proof, and I was like, "Wow, this one's mm. cool." Yeah, yeah. I mean, the J twelve does have an interesting movement as well, depending on when you bought it, because some of their yeah. movements are made by um, APRP. AP- yeah, but those are usually the Tobions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I was like, "Well, no." And their Tobions are very expensive. Mm. Like at that price point, I would just buy AP. That's true. Yeah. What about okay, my first watch first was an Amiga Seamaster 300, uh, nice. Pierce Brosnan. Nice. Um, uh, wave dial, blue face, uh, yeah, diver's watch. Yeah, that was my first watch. That I the, bought, uh, yeah. the quartz version? No, I had the automatic okay, yeah, version. The automatic, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not t- I was, yeah, I was at that time when I'm not touching quartz. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 not doing that. Because <laughs> the one he actually has in GoldenEye is, is the quartz version of it. Yes, that's right. Yeah. He wears the quartz version. Yeah. yeah. This one is cool. It's, so it's the first time that uh, in, in that movie GoldenEye that I saw a watch being used as like a spy object. Because <laughs> it's, it's like GoldenEye at that time was the first James Bond movie that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I, I was too young to have seen the previous ones before. Mm. So when you see like just like him with the laser, <laughs> it's, just, Damn, that's so cool. it's a great marketing thing because he's like, he might not be the perfect man for women, mm-hmm. but a guy wants to be like that. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's like touches everything. So yeah. when you look at him and you think, oh, I want to be like that, and you see yeah. him wearing a watch like that, yeah. you think, I, want that watch. I need to have that watch. Yeah. 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 And then after you go back in the old James Bond movies and you have like the Rolexes with like magnetic where he unzips <laughs> the. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's always got to do with chicks, hasn't it? Let's be Christ. honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the watch Guys. gets you the chicks? Damn. I mean, like, RM. <laughs> down to the, to, the, to the nightclub where an RM boom L- Long and I are just awkwardly laughing yeah like, oh, uh, like uh, good luck uh, with that yeah. 
Right. Um, and so, so, so when uh, since you first started collecting, um, how did your taste change? Uh, like, what's the stuff now that you start gravitating uh, towards to more? Um, so I've always collected quite eclectically. Okay. So I've never uh, focused on uh, one brand. Um, and I would like to say I've kind of stayed true to myself. Mm-hmm. So I haven't um, followed hype, mm. uh, which has been really difficult, to be honest. Um, one thing about the watch community is you do get to see a lot of watches you wouldn't see. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. therefore to have, so you don't own the watch, but you sometimes get to experience the watch. Yeah. yeah. Right. So you might have had a longing for a, a Nautilus. Mm-hmm. Over a sustained time, though, you realize, oh, actually, I don't want it. You know, something like that. Mm. And I don't really want to own it. Yeah. So through that, you get a shared experience through the community. Mm -hmm. And so that's probably prevented me going, like, getting buyer's regret. Mm -hmm. I mean, my latest purchase is actually, I haven't seen the watch yet, is a Shanghai military watch. Right. Okay. That was commissioned to the PLA back right. in the 1960s. Like they the made, brand Shanghai? Yeah, the brand okay. Shanghai. So they made 30,000 only for the commanders of the PLA. That's cool. So it's a very, very hard watch to find. And I found it with the bracelet, mm. um, which is apparently the bracelet's harder to find than the watch, right? Mm. So historical significance, mm-hmm. it's really battered because the quality really isn't there. Mm-hmm. But it has an immense story. Mm. Um, and it, I think it cost me, I don't know, like 2000, 2000 RMB or something like that, maybe mm. even less. Right. I can't remember, right? But yeah, I don't really look at, I think at watches at all price points, there's something there. And it's not always, you know, obviously when you pay uh, more affordable prices, mm-hmm. perhaps you're not looking at the movement, you're looking more at story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. looking yeah, at more at sure. history, right? Maybe design, mm-hmm. right? But then obviously when you go to different, you're just using different categories to assess watches. Yeah. So yeah, that was like my latest purchase. Okay. Um, well, you said the Longimatic was your most recent one. Yeah, but I has think... Has your um, taste changed? Oh, sorry, how has your taste changed? Yes. changed? I think I'm more sure about not, uh, like I'm more careful with not buying hype pieces. Not hype pieces, hard to get pieces. Mm. So the more something's hard to get, the more I really question like, do I really want that piece because it's hard to get? Or it's actually that amazing of a piece. Right, you start questioning yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm, so now what I try and do is I'll always think to myself, if I want a piece, I'll think, can I live without this piece? Will I still want to wear this piece in five five years? Mm. I mean, I'll check with Dan. I'll say, do, do you think this looks good on me? Um, and yeah, so she I looks good yeah. in everything. No, but especially the song, in yellow yeah. gold. Yeah, I hate. So oh, yeah, I, I really want a steel little, piece, by the way. Gold. And but every time I see there's a gold version of that steel you're piece, like, I'm like, I gotta get the gold one. But yeah, I'd be easier to get yeah. also in gold. I definitely want to move into indies, by the way. Okay. Like I really, yes. really want to move into indies, but I really don't want to do it just because I need to post it on Instagram. I want it to be like I've been looking for it for a while, and then I find that piece that's like, wow, I feel like this is made for me. Mm. Like right. I want that feeling. Totally. Yeah. Do you guys go to like TST? often or you know sort of like the like the the gray dealers, the gray or dealers the to look for watches yeah um like the sapm wearing was mm-hmm. from tst right um 
I like to go, but I'm very selective, like who I go with, because I think it does take a lot of. It's actually a long time. Like you say, you're just gonna go there and pop in, but then you end up going from one to another to another, mm. yeah. and yeah. then um, it also helps going with people who know watches because they can point out stuff I don't know about other brands. Right. Because I think I'm pretty okay with AP, but then when you're talking about other brands, especially like Rolex, oh, I know well, too little. Worst. Yeah. <laughs> You but need to know it, yeah. so much about yeah. Rolex, mm-hmm. just especially the going. vintage ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, it's crazy. Well, I think for me, I mean, I've got such a decent uh, resources when it comes to getting watches mm-hmm. that I don't really would think I have to go to. T- I mean, I know the TST guys anyway, so I don't really need to um, go down and. They'll just tell you when something new. Yeah, and also one of the way I collect watches isn't isn't so spontaneous. So it's very well thought out. So it doesn't is irrelevant on what um, the auction prices are. It's irrelevant what actually even came out. It's irrelevant what the hype it is. I'm very kind of focused on what my next pieces will be, mm. right? And that's all that really matters because everything I'll read about it, but I really know what I actually want, mm. right? So just because it comes out, it doesn't make, make that much difference to me. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but on sort of just women collecting watches because the community is still so much dominated by men along do you feel that there are barriers in joining the watch community yeah i mean even now i i'm confused how it works for girls joining like okay like how first of all there's not enough people so there's not enough girls that will message each other and say hey let's meet up and then within the bunch of girls that do like watches to me i've categorized them into like such a diverse group there's people who are really nerdy Mm -hmm. like if you really meet me right i need a loop i need to sit there and i need to not talk so much Mm. like so (laughs) if i go to the auction houses to look at watches i actually don't enjoy saying hey hey like to all these friends right like i need to go there to look at something okay so but then there's a lot of girls that need to talk, right? To them, it's like a, it's like it's more like um, building community where they can connect and they can talk about other things like family, kids, and everything. Right. So I think mm. on that on that basis alone, it's hard for girls to connect. Mm. Um, then, and the other thing is, it's hard to find girls with a wide range of different tastes because right now most of the girls I know they will probably think they're grill. I don't know. This is really mean, right? I think they will say Daytona rose gold. Mm-hmm. Or something that they see like Victoria Beckham wear, right? right. Or some KOL wears, right? So I think it's not that it's hard. It's just that they don't know where to start. And there's not enough um, stuff on online for them to kind of be influenced. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to say, you know, I think London's doing a great job. Like, Thank you. Stepping out there, putting mm-hmm. herself there. You know, there are like certain hazards and risks by doing that that she totally takes on the chin right and she does it to try and promote lady collectors so we have to emphasize that so well done thank you um it's still a very new area yeah that i'm observing the way men collect watches might not be how ladies collect watches so the parameters might not be the same Mm-hmm. Right, they might. Yeah, I want to look. I just want it. I want a huge collection. I want it to look good because I really want to accessorize. And you know what? That's okay because even some men collect like that. Mm-hmm. Right? Maybe they don't really care about the, the small details. I'm just saying maybe. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And right now, I think we're still observing um, what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. But certainly, I think that uh, recently, in the last year or so, 
Lungan being an example of that, lady collectors are stepping out and having more of a voice and more having more of confidence to share that voice, mm-hmm. almost going toe to toe with men, right, and not being afraid. So again, this is very interesting um, phenomenon, and mm-hmm. obviously, the there are a lot of now lady uh, higher management mm-hmm. in the brands, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that they can also. You know they're already doing a lot, so I think well done to them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's you know we still have to to see. Right. I mean, yeah. But it's great. It's great. Anybody, any more people getting into this hobby is fantastic for me. Yeah. 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 All right. So we we we're gonna finish up uh, um, a little bit on uh, talking about the watch media industry a little bit because uh, obviously we're in, but we want to see also from your perspective as readers and all stuff. Um, so p- just purely out of curiosity, uh, what type of stories like draw draw you in? Um, I'm quite disciplined when I read the watch article, so I just open a tab for every single um, platform. So I'll do like say like Revolution, Hodinkee, Hourglass. I open a range because oh, I, I feel like the writers write very differently, so the yeah. perspective is very different. Um, so that's how I read. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Mm, I'm quite. I'm really quite selective, so mm-hmm. I'll see a picture of the new releases. Uh, I might go and um, find all the information on that piece if I particularly like it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it just probably stays as an image because there's so many watches out there. I don't right. have time to look at everything. I see. Right. Yeah. Um, if I'm interested in purchasing a piece, I will literally like watch all the YouTube, <laughs> watch, uh, read all the articles mm-hmm. on that piece to gain a really holistic view. Uh, of that piece, yeah. Um, but you're also so wary of like marketing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I think. There's a lack of honesty, mm-hmm. right? And the collect. I think the watch community is smarter mm-hmm. than um, what perhaps brand media uh, think. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I'm fully aware, you know, you get press releases and you, it might be a copy and paste job, right? Or, you know, put a little bit of your spin on there. Yeah. But because it's, <laughs> because it's controlled so much by the brand, yeah. mm-hmm. it comes off so hard now. Mm-hmm. It needs to actually be many levels softer than... Mm-hmm. And the way things are written, they all copy each other. They just change the details. So it's so monotonous mm-hmm. that, again, it's a bit of a turn off right um going forward i still think that consumers uh will have the loudest loudest voice like yeah. if people who actually have bought this stuff mm-hmm. right then it's worth listening to mm-hmm. a lot of even kols now right not not media like how you guys write about watches but they might get paid everybody knows they get paid mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's not actually that convincing anymore right and that got screwed over because the brands mm-hmm. you know what mm-hmm. I mean? they push so hard on it and yeah. now you're going to consumers, which I think is kind of like going full circle. Because at the end of the day, you make a good product, your consumer is going to say good things about it, mm-hmm. right? And the consumer is the most convincing. And let's go back to word of mouth, mm-hmm. right? So just make good products. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully, That'll you know, that drug. will filter down. Yeah. So do you think the overall quality of journalism has gone down significantly uh, with, first of all, be having so many basic information available everywhere online instagram uh and then also all the 
uh, websites like I was coming out with like e-commerce uh, as well. Do you find it harder to find quality pieces to read? Yeah. Because there's yeah. so many. Yeah. See, I, I, I mentioned this, I don't know, with someone else, right? I would actually pay for better content right now. Mm. Right, watch content like that was unfiltered. Model. Yeah, that you didn't have to take the money off the brands mm-hmm. and be honest, right? Mm-hmm. I'd actually pay for that because uh, okay. it's watches is something I love. I um, invest a lot of money into it, mm-hmm. so why would I not invest in due diligence of the watch, right? Mm-hmm. So I would actually pay for that. I think the person that comes closest to what I would like to read is SJX. Okay, yeah. Yeah, his. Okay the way he dissects things, mm-hmm. the way he covers stuff where I don't even think he's taken any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of the brands, they only cover if you pay. Right? Pay to play. All about all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, I, it's not, it's just not honest enough for right. me. Yeah. Okay. I would pay, I, I think you would too. Like, we would pay to buy books, right? So I think if yeah. good stuff is produced, who wouldn't pay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. We paid about yeah, yeah, we buy books, man. Yeah, like, <laughs> the books. Very expensive books. books. Yeah. So you should uh, check cheap. it in. I mean, obviously, I like reading Waco because he always has an opinion. He's yeah, not afraid to say it. it. Yeah. The way he writes is very as though he's actually talking to you. Yes, thank so you, thank you for that. I do like the way uh, I like reading his articles. I always yeah. think it's other stuff that I like is I like the industry stuff now. Mm-hmm. Before I wouldn't be so interested, but I'm looking at trends. Mm. I'm looking at. Uh, stuff like um, the purchase of Tiffany you know mm-hmm. then you get to speculate oh what will happen to Patek yeah. mm-hmm. you know yeah, all this yeah. kind of stuff okay, yeah. so this industry I think as a collector as you go further along the journey it's not it's it's pretty impossible not to get that appreciation of ah oh, the industry right. so you look at watches and you collect these watches and then you look at the hype pieces all this kind of stuff eventually you're going to hit a plateau mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the only thing that keeps your interest up is oh what's actually happening in the industry who are the industry players yeah. that make decisions then you're going to go into industry and then eventually you're going to have lots of uh, touch points with let's say media uh, manufacture mm-hmm. the brands themselves high management I think that's when you see opportunity mm. right because you start having appreciation of what's actually the pieces yeah. Yeah. and then you think oh you know this is uh, how I think it should be done and I think that's where I'm at yeah okay well, all right. On that note, we will end. Uh, Daniel Long, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on this episode of the podcast. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for taking time yeah. to do this. And thank you for taking care of me in Hong Kong while I've been here. Yeah, I hope you come back soon so we can yeah. hang out yeah, again. Do. Okay, don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we, uh, well, if, when, when if, we are allowed we, to travel, if, if, if we stop at Shanghai. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. always welcome. Awesome. Always welcome. Oh, we see you in Singapore. Oh, Singapore, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, thank you very much, and then we'll see nice. you next time. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.